This is a coronavirus update. I'm Mario Munoz reporting for the Rio Grande Guardian International News Service. Hidalgo County Judge Richard Cortez spent the weekend of July 17th calling health experts, professionals, fellow county judges, and Bishop Flores seeking guidance on coping with the coronavirus in Hidalgo County. On Sunday, July 19th, Hidalgo County Judge Richard Cortez hosted a Facebook Live COVID-19 update that included Dr. Victor Gonzalez, Dr. Ivan Melendez, and State Senator Juan Hinojosa. Good afternoon, my fellow citizens. I'm Richard Cortez. I'm the County Judge of Hidalgo County. I come to you this afternoon, not only with a heavy heart, but with a lot of of optimism and enthusiasm about our future. The heavy heart comes from the fact that, again, today we're gonna to report over a thousand of our citizens that have tested positive for this virus. And unfortunately, another 17 fatalities. This, of course, is a concern to all of us. Who would ever think back on March the 21st when we heard, had the first incidence of someone testing positive, the Hidalgo County would be caught in this pandemic with these tragic numbers of people infected and fatalities and the impact that it had on our businesses and our people. This morning, as we were traveling and moving one of our refrigerated trucks to Wessico, to be used as a market. We passed by a, a, a flea market and that flea market, which is full of people. Last night, uh, we received information of a lot of partying going on in some of our businesses. And I'm not gonna call them bars, but uh, you know, business establishments. So when I say I come to you with a heavy heart, you know, the actions that we have taken in the past in some way are directly a result of the tragic events that we're seeing, that we're seeing today. And there's a way that, that we can stop that. There's a way we can stop that. And I wanna tell you that locking down people and locking down businesses in itself is not the sole answer. It's going to take a combination of several things. One of the things that we are finding out is that when a member of a family is uh, diagnosed with positive COVID and is not sick enough to be in the hospital, but staying home, they're infecting the majority of the other family members, obviously because uh, either they don't know how to care for themselves or not taking the precautions. Or, or something like that. So today, among the guests that I have will be Dr. Victor Gonzalez, who will talk to you a little bit about that. My other guest here today is Dr. Ivan Melendez, who is our chief medical person for the county. And of course, our own Senator Juan Chuinojosa will be talking about the resources and the support that we will be getting, have gotten and will be getting from the state. The next item that, that we are concerned with is uh, testing. 
we've had so many tests come at, at the same time. And sometimes we don't receive that information from the testing sites until six, seven days later. And then it takes it two or three days to deliver the, the, the control order to keep those people in place. So then that means that we have uh, multiple people that we already know that are infected with this disease that are out there among, among our people. The next thing that we're concerned with is businesses still continue to operate unsafely. Some operate safe, but some do not. So one of the things that I have been asking the state of Texas to help us with and others is to make sure that we have a platform where businesses can learn how to operate safely, because we're going to have to learn to, 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 to continue with our business efforts in this pandemic environment, and also to help our citizens learn how to manage the disease when they're not sick enough uh, to be in a hospital, but are having to convalesce and, and isolate themselves in, in, in their own homes. We've also asked the governor to help us with support with his contact tracing, which is very, very important. I don't know if you saw in the newspaper today, but we put out a notice. Hopefully we put everyone on notice uh, already, and hopefully there will be a legal, a legal uh, compliance with the law that says that if you have been tested positive, then these are the orders and for you to stay at home. This briefly is a problem that we have. So where does the optimism come from? The optimism comes from the fact that we're Americans. We have a great tradition of problem solving, a great tra tradition of putting self-interest aside and, and taking personal responsibility and doing things for the greater good. And I'm so proud to be one of those Americans. And I'm so proud to be here in Ottawa County among all of you, because I know that together we're going to solve this problem, but it's gonna take all of us working together. I'm saddened a lot of times when I see this finger pointing as to who's responsible. Uh, I, I see no value in that because this is a monster. Uh, I have spent most of this weekend calling other county judges, calling the state of Texas uh, emergency management team and group. Uh, I even called the bishop for spiritual help. And so I'm looking around for every possible uh, source of a solution as to how do we solve this problem? And at the end of the day, after discussing with our medical community and everyone, there is no easy fix or there isn't just one thing to do. It's gonna take a combination of things. So very soon, as soon as tomorrow, I will be issuing some new orders. Uh, I understand that some of the orders that I may put in place tomorrow may not, may not have the enforcement capability that I would require. But you know what? I don't think I'm going to need it because I think I'm talking to a group of people that understand the severity of the situation. And I believe that you voluntarily are going to do the right thing. So with that, I want to turn it over to Dr. Victor Gonzalez to tell you a little bit about what people can do with a household that's been infected with this terrible disease. Doctor? 
Thank you, Judge. First of all, I'd like to thank you and Dr. Melendez for all the exceptional work you've been doing to help us with this problem. But as we, you mentioned, <clears throat> this is a problem that can, needs to be solved by a combination of factors. You know, the community, the medical community coming together, the hospitals coming together, the medical school. This needs to be an all-out effort because, you know, we do have a tough war ahead of us. But as you mentioned, if we come together, we can certainly solve this problem. One of the challenges that we've had right now is what to do when people are diagnosed with this condition. If you suspect you have the, been infected, and if you've been fortunate enough to go to one of the centers and received the test and are positive, you need to isolate yourself. And by isolation, we mean, you know, if possible, you can have you know, your own room in, in, in the back of the house. If you have a room that has those facilities, you know, fantastic. You know, whenever uh, you, your family members come in to take care of you, make sure you have facial coverings. They need facial coverings. It'd be ideal if they have gloves when they come in. Minimize their contact with you. They need to do the basics to make sure that you're comfortable and you're, you're doing well. And they need, to, they need to leave that room and there needs to be, you know, lots of hand washing and making sure that they take care of themselves. If you're capable in your, in your room, you need to do the cleaning in your room yourself. The, the hard surfaces, simple wiping them down and making sure that, uh, that uh, you keep yourself as, as, uh, uh, as hygienic as possible. Now, the treatment plan uh, is gonna vary depending on the individual. And this is where the medical society and the rest of the groups need to come together to help us have contact. For example, if you have a family practitioner, you need to let them know that you're positive. And since they know your medical history, they can have an assessment for you. You know, if you're a 23-year-old uh, healthy individual, you're going to go home, you're going to hydrate, you're going to manage your fever, you're going to isolate yourself from your family, as we just mentioned. And you know, the odds are that's all you're going to need. But if you're a 70-year-old diabetic with heart disease, you know, you're on medications for all those conditions, you need to contact your family practitioner and they need to educate you and your family as to how properly to take care of yourself. Make sure you continue taking your heart medications. You know, if you're not eating, you need to modify the way your diabetes is cared for. And that primary care doctor is so important. Now, if you do not have a primary care doctor, what we're doing in the medical society and hope, and hopefully, you know, the hospitals will help us with this, we're, we're gonna, have the ability for people to call in and uh, you know if if uh, if what i'm pushing moves forward sir we're going to have hopefully centers clinics where people can come and uh, get properly diagnosed and, and risk assessment and and then hopefully we move forward there but for now the important thing is you need to remember uh we need to continue with with uh, social isolation stay away from people at least six feet Make sure you wear the facial coverings. You know, we're, you know, Latinos are very touchy-feely. We're very much about uh, interacting with our families. This is not the time to be hugging and kissing, you know, unfortunately, because if you have one individual that's infected, you're gonna catch it. The most effective and to me, the most dangerous thing right now is having family reunions where we're sitting around the table talking because the most effective way to get the virus into the air is just a simple conversation. So simple message from the medical society, continue with the social distancing, 
Make sure that if you have someone who's positive, that you know you have the right treatment plan for that individual. Whenever you come into that room, both of you wear facial coverings. Make sure if you can wear gloves. If you don't have access to gloves, then just make sure you do the 20 second hand wash after you finish interacting with your loved ones. And doing this, Judge, we can have a major impact on what we're doing. What we wanna do right now is reduce the number of people who are infected, make sure that the, they are properly cared for at, at home so that we can reduce the number of people that need our emergency services. Thank you, Doctor. Dr. Lennis, what's, what says the, the group of white coats? <laughs> Thank you for uh, once again giving us the opportunity to reach a community and to, uh, and to send a message of, of hope uh, and a message of truth and a message of where we are and a message of how we can go from here. First of all, um, the, those that are watching obviously are the, on a Sunday afternoon are those citizens that still have not been uh, fatigued, COVID fatigued. As you know, that part of the problems we have as educators is there's so much COVID fatigue. It's just been going on for months and months and months. And so people now hear about COVID and they turn the channel, they turn the switch or they turn off. So thank you all, all of you all who are watching us, who uh, just by you watching us, we know you're not, you're not COVID fatigued yet. Uh, secondly, uh, I would like to uh, thank uh, Dr. Gonzalez, who uh, most of the, of, the, uh, uh, of the audience that's watching, probably not aware that he's recognized nationally, uh, not only as a Harvard alumnus, but as an expert in his field. So it's really an honor and a privilege to have him here. And then, of course, uh, our, our senator, who once again demonstrates by his presence how, uh, how involved he is with our community. So we'd like to thank the senator, too, as well as uh, Congressman Gonzalez, who also uh, has had his message out. Um, with that, let me just remind everyone that during the last uh, 24 hours, we have had, again, uh, 40, uh, 40 plus deaths. For the first time ever, we've had over 300 people in the intensive care unit. Uh, the numbers speak for themselves. And so everyone is aware all the way from uh, Washington, D.C., through Austin to the Rio Grande Valley, that not only is Texas a hot point, but the Rio Grande Valley is a hot point of a hot point of a hot point. So everyone knows that, uh, that this is a hot point and being manifested by fortune by the attention we've gotten from media during this last week. Um, so the problems that have occurred are the problems that you all have heard over and over and over, the amount of resources that are available to address uh, those tragedies, not only statistically, but more importantly, humanly. We know that this week we've had at least half a dozen doctors go down the line of duty that are, are out. We know that we've had more nurses that have passed away, and we know that we've had a, a, a triple-digit number of uh, healthcare providers that have also dropped out of the system. We know that our, uh, our, our nurses and our physicians and our epidemiologists, our ambulance attendants, our respiratory therapists, we know that they work beyond exhaustion. When you have an intensivist that sees 77 people in one day on a ventilator, that speaks for itself. So we already know that um, where we are now because it's been repeated and repeated and repeated and repeated. I'm very happy uh, to, uh, to hear the judge as well as Dr. Gonzalez uh, touch very briefly on testing as well as risk stratification, which is what Dr. Gonzalez was referring to. Uh, I'm very happy, first of all, about the testing, that there's been so much done. It's so important. 
Uh, of course, when you're doing thousands, 7,000, 6,000 tests a day with it, there's going to be some problems, but in general, it's gone relatively well. We have noticed in testing as a medical community that we are failing uh, physicians. We are failing in our community and educating patients what the test means, what the difference between an antibody test, an antigen test, a PCR test. Uh, and so well, one of the things that we're trying to do uh, with the help of the medical society, partnering with the Rio Grande Valley Task Force, which is a task force of over 200 providers that are actively producing videos, uh, posters, uh, 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 public information, PSAs, to educate people what the test means, what you need to do. I think the health department and the, uh, uh, and the, uh, the county has, uh, is placing um, instructions in media also so that people understand about having to stay at home. I could not agree more with the judge when he says that we see most of our transmissions we are seeing through family contacts, through pachangas, quinceañeras, get-togethers, and uh, the young, everybody heard this week about the De La Cruz family, four generations, and, and the youngest uh, uh, infecting the eldest. Everyone heard about the Garcia family, uh, where uh, both parents died, the children are infected. There are many tragedies that we've heard in the, uh, in the last week or so, in the last several weeks. Uh, and so testing is a big issue that we're addressing. Because of that testing, Dr. Gonzalez, uh, the previous speaker, uh, has identified what a lot of people have identified. That is the, ne the need to risk stratify, risk stratification. Identify the different ages and the different uh, uh, medical conditions that will allow us to individually uh, educate and point those people toward the appropriate next step. And so hopefully this week, uh, with the, as I said, with the participation of the county health department, with the county itself, with medical society, and with local uh, medical task forces, we'll be able to address that. Uh, in addition to that, um, I um, think that the question always exists as what is going to solve this problem? We, uh, if you compare us to a football team, uh, our senator uh, perhaps is our, our, our general manager, our judge perhaps is, is the, uh, the coach, uh, and uh, Dr. Gonzalez and I are perhaps the offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator, but the team, the people who actually make the plays, execute the plan, of course, is a community. And we, of course, have to assume responsibility, as, uh, as our judge has said on his uh, free market uh, firsthand uh, 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 experience he had today. And let me just tell you, going in with a, with a portable morgue, to see uh, you know, 40 bodies being incinerated or preparing for it is a mind-changing experience. And so when you're participating in this type of event and you drive by thousands of people that have been told ad nauseum not to do that, it's, it's quite frustrating. Uh, I got today some video from South Padre Island. Uh, and again, it, it's as, as, as Dr. Fauci would say, it just baffles my mind how we can have thousands of people still having COVID parties and still being out there on the beach doing these things that they're not supposed to do. So with all this stuff, then we always have to remember as Judge Cortez has reminded us, and that is that there's also room for optimism. There's also, uh, uh, at least we know the direction to look for uh, in that dark tunnel. You know, we know where the light is supposed to be. We're not seeing the light yet, but at least we know in which direction the light's going to be coming from. Uh, and and uh, that, I believe, is being manifested uh, by the never seen before 
collaboration, cooperation between what previously were competitors. So hospitals are coming together as are uh, uh, county politics, state politics, senators, representatives, judges, professional folks, hospital administrators, medical task forces. We're all putting our philosophical uh, uh, thoughts aside and we're all coming together. And this is this has been forced by our need to solve this problem and the understanding that this can only be done as a team. So that's why uh, we can sometimes disagree with uh, an individual's uh, recommendations or policy, but we always respect each other. We can respect the, the, the messenger, even though if we don't agree with the message. And I've been greatly uh, uh, warmed in my heart to see that we're all coming together. Um, uh, the other optimism that we're seeing is that we are learning how to deal with this better. We have better medications. Yesterday, I was speaking to a family over the phone and during our conversation, their family member passed away. Um, uh, yesterday, uh, we were able, out of 43 people that I participate with, we were able to take two people off life support. The week before, we, did, we didn't take anybody off life support. So there are small stories. We're seeing the optimism of people that are, that are truing, they're tr showing their true colors, showing how they're able to put their personal risk and able to help the community. We all know that, uh, that, that your friends and, and society, uh, when things are good, boy, you got lots of friends. And when things go sour, you can't find one. And so we're seeing now that things are sour. And uh, instead of people hiding underneath the rock, man, we're coming together. And that is, that is the table, that is the foundation of the solution. So uh, I wanna remind you all that there is optimism. Uh, the resources that the Senator, uh, our Congressman and the judge have been able to network and obtain uh, from our governor, uh, who we all have the deepest respect for, um, has been never seen before. Uh, this past week, we saw tremendous assistance. And this coming week, we're extremely excited about what is coming down the road. So absolutely more can be done. I think, um, I think the formula is changing this week. Uh, I think the medical community is too exhausted to feel optimistic. They're just too exhausted. We're seeing too many disasters. But it is because we're in the middle of the storm. But those of us that are able to get in that, that weather airplane and that are above that storm, those are blessed enough not only to be participating in the clinical aspect, but also in policy, and you're up above that storm, we are seeing, we are seeing some, some sunlight on the other side of that storm. So I'd just like our public to know that we, it's important that they remain engaged on programs like this and that they don't lose hope and that they have confidence that in retrospect, nobody makes mistakes. Uh, and certainly we've made, we made our share as everyone from the president uh, down to the, your humble servant, uh, but that in general, we're learning as rapidly as we can. There's not a minute that we're not focused on this. And those of us that are blessed to have a wider sense of information coming our way, we do have some optimism, optimism and we do believe that, that, uh, that there's some positive things coming down the road. So I appreciate the opportunity uh, to share at least my thoughts, both as a, uh, an advisor for public policy and as an active clinician. So thank you very much, Judge. Thank you, Doctor. Well, Senator, uh, please give us some good news of the help that's coming from Austin. Well, first of all, uh, thank you so much, Judge Cortez, for your leadership. Uh, 
it'd be very challenging. And thank you, Dr. Gonzalez and Dr. Melendez for your excellent healthcare advice to the general public, uh, because we all have to work together uh, as a team. Uh, for us uh, as a state, uh, quite frankly, the challenges we face are varied uh, from making sure that we are keeping our unemployment benefits funds solvent to pay unemployment benefits to our workers who have lost their jobs, uh, making sure that we have uh, loans available to many of our businesses that have uh, closed down, making sure that we fund our daycare centers so that parents can have a place that can leave their children in the event they go back to work. Uh, but just as important, uh, our frontline healthcare workers, our doctors, our nurses, medical personnel, they are under a lot of pressure and a lot of stress, yet they're doing an excellent job. For us here in the Valley, uh, we are in a medically underserved area. So we face extra challenges. Uh, and for us, uh, we have seen what's happening here in the Valley as a state, and we have responded. Uh, we have sent 624 medical personnel, nurses, uh, to our hospitals here in the Rio Grande Valley. And it's important to understand that we have almost, well, we have capacity. Uh, the problem is uh, we don't have the personnel. We're very short on medical personnel. So that's why as a state, uh, we are sending uh, the additional uh, medical staff and nurses. Uh, quite frankly, uh, we're spending about 35 million uh, a week uh, responding to different hot regions, hot spots throughout the state of Texas. So the problem we deal with uh, are just so challenging. In addition to that, uh, I know this week uh, it's going to be bad. Uh, next week it may be worse, but I think it will start peaking uh, and coming down. Uh, so we uh, requested help from the federal government uh, through Governor Abbott, uh, and we're bringing down a Navy uh, medical acute uh, care team to help out uh, our doctors and our nurses and medical personnel here in the Valley. Uh, they'll probably take place by Friday. Uh, we also will have at least one or two hotels online. Uh, they'll be ready to go by Friday uh, and uh, to be able to transition some of the patients who are recovering but no longer need extensive care. Uh, they'll have their own private room, on private bathroom, air condition, they're on TV. So we're working uh, to make sure we have the capacity uh, needed to take care of uh, our patients. And quite frankly, uh, I don't think any of us have ever experienced anything like this in our lifetimes. Uh, this virus, coronavirus, it mutates. Uh, so it's challenging. Uh, I mean, I uh, myself, you know, am astounded. Uh, but so what surprise uh, at how rapidly it changes. Some is a lot more in infectious than others, uh, but it's a real danger and problems that's real that we face in the community. But the government, and we cannot do it by ourselves. We need the cooperation, the help from our communities. We need to help and protect our families, our sons and daughters, fathers and mothers, but also help with our neighbors, uh, with our friends, uh, by keeping our distance uh, and this 
respecting distance. Uh, many times we really don't realize that just a few simple health advice from a health expert uh, is important. That wear a mask is so important, and I sometimes wonder why there's so much opposition to it. Uh, it ought to be really simple. This is the way you stop from spreading out, uh, spreading uh, the viruses. Uh, when you talk, uh, when you close somebody else. Number two, keeping your social distance from other people, uh, within six feet at least. Uh, number three, is washing your hands on a regular basis. Uh, and avoid crowds, avoid groups. Uh, as Dr. Melendez uh, was saying about all the people in South Padre Island partying, uh, Folks, uh, this is something that is infecting and impacting uh, all our families. So we have to be vigilant. Uh, I'm optimistic uh, because now uh, we finally have gotten uh, very much focus uh, to work together as a team. They will organize. Uh, the cooperation is unbelievable uh, so that we can maximize our resources, uh, not only from the federal government, our state, but also from our county, uh, and our hospitals, uh, they're on the front line of this war, if you will. Uh, and sometimes it feels like we're fighting a ghost. Uh, it, it moves, it shifts, you don't know what it is, you know what it is. Uh, but I have a lot of confidence uh, in the research that's being done by our medical experts that at some point we'll find a vaccine, just like we have in the past. Uh, but for us to continue making progress, and we'll be at the worst of the worst for the next couple of weeks, uh, is that we have to work together as a family uh, and help each other by following simple rules. And for us, uh, we'll continue to monitor the situation uh, here in the Valley, and if extra additional assistance is needed, uh, we will respond. Uh, so we're here to help the general public. We're here to help our first responders uh, and Governor Abbott on the Texas uh, Emergency Management Division uh, is always ready uh, and willing to respond to any emergency that we may have here in the Valley, and we're doing just that. So I'm positive. You know, I'm, I'm always an optimist. Uh, and we've gotten through many disasters in our lives and in history, and we'll get through this one by being confident, having faith, and believing in ourselves and protecting ourselves. Again, thank you so much. Uh, back to you, Judge Cortez. Uh, thank you very much for your leadership. Thank you very much, Senator. You know, there was a sermon today in, in the church that, that I uh, worship in, and it was uh, no gain unless there's pain. So if there's no pain, there's no gain. And we do have a serious problem today, but you've heard the optimism that he shared with me by this physicians and our senator as, as I have. So I wanna be asking all our senators, I mean, all our, our, our mayors, we have 22 mayors in Dow County, which represents approximately two thirds of the population that we have in the county. Uh, uh, county people cannot go into a municipality to enforce the rules that we play. So the mayors and the cities are gonna play a very important role in whether this thing is gonna work or not. So we're gonna ask all the mayors and the municipalities as they have in the past to help us enforce these rules. Um, I, I want to, to tell everyone that there is no easy solution. I, I wish I could say 
golly, you know, here's 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 the pill, and and it's and it's, it's not going to cost you any pain. It's going to solve the problem. But we know that that it's going to take some sacrifices from us. I believe that if we shut it down for two weeks to for non non essential people to stay at home, we continue to to take these precautions in place. We're going to slow slow down the, the spreading of this thing and ultimately take control of it. And if somebody has a better idea, send it to me, send it to me quickly, because I have called, I have researched, I have talked to every possible person that I can trying to find answers, answers, you know, to, to these problems that we have. There's, there's, there's two areas that I can tell you that successfully uh, have brought this spreading down to, to nothing. And that was the, the Czech Republic uh, and, and, and South Korea. And what did they do? They were one of the first to start using facial covering. So we believe that, that, the now with facial covering, and I'm seeing a lot of people not wear them. There's some that don't, but I'm seeing a lot of people wearing them. And then we can shut it down for a couple of weeks. I believe we can take control of this. So I ask for, for your commitment, your personal sacrifices to this. I know, I know that nobody wants to hear that word. I know that. You, you don't have to text me. You don't have to email me. You don't have to send me any messages on Facebook. I know the pain behind but I think we owe it to ourselves. We owe it to the people that are dying. We owe it to the people that are suffering that we must do this because if, if we're gonna have success and prosper in the future, we first have to win this battle here today. So I thank all my guests for the, for the, the work that they do, the caring that they have. There's others that were not here today that, that are also equally important to, to, to our team. Uh, but I want to I want to I want to thank you for, for your service to us and ask everyone out there, please, please be part of the solution and not part of the problem. With that, we close. Thank you very much. This has been a coronavirus update. I'm Mario Munoz reporting for the Rio Grande Guardian International News Service.